Hey everybody, this is me, Ebony, and I'm back with another podcast. The title of today's podcast is titled Push Back. There are going to be three points that I am going to go over and that I want you to write down. So get your printed paper ready. One, the first key point that I have for you is it may be familiar, but it does not mean it's good. The second point. Push into greater because you are worth it and you are better. The three key point and the last key point that I want you to take from this message and that I want you to write down is you were built for who God called you to be. So in today's title, I've been working on this message for a few weeks now and God had put it on my heart a while ago. Titled Pushback. And when you think of pushback, some people think of many things, and when you think about the road to push. You may think about women going to labor, pushing up a baby, or maybe pushing a shopping cart. Basically, when you push something, you want something to go in the direction that you are pushing it in. But my main focus on today's title, the title Pushback, is pushing back against the enemy. Because we are built from who God called us to be, and because we are children of God, we are going to be tested and tried. And because we are going to be tested and tried, and because we are God's children, we are automatically set up for weapons pointed against us by our enemies, which is Satan, aka the devil. But I know in life, it is not easy. I can even attest to that. Even if you've been a Christian for 30 days, or you live a life before you got saved, you know that life is sometimes hard. It can have its ups and downs. But you know that there are going to be challenging situations. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're saved. If you're not saved, life comes for all of us. And sometimes if we let it life meet the best of us. I heard God saying a while ago, push back when the enemy comes against you. As Christians, there are going to be times when we will have to push back against the enemy. Because we are children of God, we are going to be attacked. It is something that is inevitable. So you might as well get ready. You might as well get your full armor up. You might as well get your scripture. You might as well get your oil. The anointing of oil. You might as well be ready to lay some hands on some people. But let me tell you, when the devil comes, he comes fully prepared. But we are not without help children of God. We have help. We have all the help that we need. And we are better together than we are alone. Sometimes in life, you may feel a force when you're trying to move forward. And when you do feel a force, maybe like a negative energy, or you may feel like you're surrounded by people who are jealous of you. They don't want you to move forward or you may feel like there are some people who are trying to set you up in failure. This is all the tactics of the enemy. This is just Satan trying to get you to stop. But push back anyway. Push back into your calling that God has for you. Maybe at some point in your life you believe in what God told you. Maybe along your journey you let go and you didn't let God. Maybe you gave up on your hopes and your dreams and your desires, but 
I'm here to tell you, and I'm here to give you a message that God told me to give you, which is, it don't matter if you quit, it don't matter if you give up. God is saying, in this season, and forever, while you're on this earth, push back into your purpose and push back into your desires. Now, you may be thinking, I had desires, I had hopes, and I had dreams, but I don't know if God called me to that. So, you may be thinking, maybe I shouldn't go forward, right? But, at the same time, because you quit, you haven't heard from God and what He wants you to do to go forward. So, my advice would be to you is that even though with your desires, all of us have desires, whether it's of God or not, we all have desires, and this is natural. But what I want to say is that even with your desires, you may doubt if God approves of it, and that's cool, it really is. But what I want to say for you to do is, is if you have desires, like you want to go back to school, you want to be a lawyer, you want to be a doctor, you want to be a teacher, you want to be a firefighter, you want to be a, some type of law enforcement, and you don't know if God approves of this, and you don't know if this is in God's will, but you have a strong desire to do it. There are going to be times in life that you are going to figure out that you can have desires, and sometimes it's wrong, it is, um, but you will also know that it's not, there's nothing wrong with having desires. Move forward anyway. So my advice would be to you is to move forward. The worst thing you can do is quit and never try. So what I would say to you, if you have desires and you, you may be thinking, I don't know if God wants me to do this, go forward anyway. God would rather have you go forward and try to fulfill your purpose and fulfill your dreams. Even if it's not in his will, God would rather have you go forward trying, giving it all you have. And God corrects you in the middle of your, what I call, get up, right? So we all have a gift. We all have things in life that we do that's outside of God's will, but we are so amped up about it. I call that our get up. So while you're on your journey, you're in the middle of your get up, God would rather have you make a detour into what he has called you to do. And God would rather have you make a detour into who he has called you to be versus you quitting and sitting home and never trying. God would rather work with somebody who would rather move forward not knowing if it's what God has for them or not. And God can work with that versus working with a person who's never going to get up and do anything and just not have any faith to move forward. So you may be thinking, maybe this is a little thought. You know what? If it's not, try it. If God says no, then he says no. At least you try. At least you, at least you went forward with it. And you're not having, you know, the doubt hanging over your shoulders of, well, I wonder if, when I was finished, or I wonder if, you know, I would have completed this. You know, it's better to, to go forward and God says, you know what, I mean, this is not what I have for you, but I am glad you took a step of faith and moved forward because God would rather work with someone who has faith to do something than a person who doesn't have faith to not do anything. So move forward with it and do it that God told you to do in the middle of it. You get up. Press into the anointing of God. Press into Jesus. As I was studying and writing down my notes, I heard God say this to me, and it is for somebody, it is for whoever it needs to be for, but I am praying that whoever this word is for, that you are listening to this podcast. God told me to tell you to press into Jesus again, and I hear God saying that strong. You may have quit um, 
you may have given up on God, you may have given up on Jesus for whatever reason. Um, it could have been maybe because you were following, you know, maybe people who said that they were in leadership positions. Maybe they were ahead of the church, or maybe they were a part of some type of ministry, and maybe, you know, it could be, you know, maybe your own relatives. It could be your, your mother, your father, it could be your, your sisters, your brothers. It could be your aunt, or aunts, or uncles, or uncle. It could be whoever, whoever you used to look up to that may have been a part of, you know, the church or the winter church and you looked up to them. Maybe they've done something to you. Maybe they've done something to hurt you. Maybe they've said something to hurt you. Whatever, God is telling me to tell you that whatever it is that made you quit, whoever says something to you, did something to you, it doesn't matter what they've done. It could be on the far right of sin. It could be like towards the middle of offenses. It doesn't matter. God is saying that whatever, whatever tactic and whatever, how can I say it, whatever obstacle that came your way, that put a fork in the road, you said that, you know what, I am going to turn away from the faith. I'm going to I'm gonna just do life and do my own thing. God is saying that whatever it is that, that helped you to quit, God is saying that do not look to people. Do not look to people who have lied, maybe not living the right life, who may not have been the best witnesses. God is saying do not base your relationship with Jesus Christ on man. Because your relationship with Jesus Christ is based on you and him alone. Not you and your mother, not you and your brother, not you and your pastor, not you and your minister, and not even you and yourself. Because as human beings, we can even fail ourselves. Like, there will be times when I'm probably going to fail myself. There are going to be times when I'm going to say I'm going to do something and then I don't. So even my relationship and even your relationship with yourself on your own shouldn't be what determines your level of relationship with Jesus Christ. A lot of your relationship with Jesus Christ would be between you and Him. When we put so much responsibility off on people, and we look towards people more than we look to God, we're looking at people as if they're our God, and God doesn't want this to happen. And sometimes God will allow you to, to see their faults and to see their mistakes um, if, God is, if God feels that you are idolizing this person. And there are times when we can idolize um, pastors and, and gossip uh, gospel singers and and people who are just on a higher platform. Sometimes we admire them more than God, and God sometimes will allow you to to stop following them. Or sometimes God will put on your heart, and sometimes God will allow you to see their mistakes to get you to to not turn away from them in a in a mean kind of way, um, even though that could happen. But God is trying to get you to to see that. We cannot hold each other to a pedestal. It doesn't matter how much you want to be inspiration. It doesn't matter how much they are inspiration to you. Never hold someone on a high pedestal higher than you hold in God. And if your relationship with Jesus Christ is based on your relationship with how man operates, you are going to quit on Jesus every single time. So what Jesus wants me to strongly tell whoever this is for, if you have given up on Jesus Christ, please do not do it. Right? Go press into Jesus again. Jesus is your one and true everything. Like he is he is awesome. He is he is your healer, your provider. He paid the ultimate price on the cross. 
do not base your relationship with Jesus Christ based on what you have with men because that's not giving Jesus a fair chance. So I don't know who that is for, but I know that God said for me to tell you to press into Jesus again and to also press into God again. When you truly try Jesus, he will never, ever, ever fail you. Push into Jesus until you see God's will in your life manifest. Push into Jesus until all that he said would come into fruition will come into fruition and you see it, right? And this means pressing into Jesus Christ forever and always. I don't think that us pushing back against the devil is a one-time thing. I don't think it's a one-time deal. I don't think it's going to be a one-time deal. I know it's not going to be a one-time deal. We are going to, as long as we are walking upright in the Lord, and as long as we are doing what we are supposed to do in Jesus Christ, we are all going to have to push back against the devil because the devil does not want God's children to succeed. He doesn't want God's children to prosper. The devil wants us to do everything and have everything that is the opposite of God. And God is like, not today, saying, not today. God's calls on our lives is never ending. There is so, honestly, I know that there is so much that God wants to do in our lives. And we will continually need to push into God because as long as we live on this earth, we are going to always have to draw more to God because there are going to be so many distractions, so many, so many obstacles. And when we push into God, we will push back against the devil, which is our enemy, which is Satan, the devil. And we need to tell Satan with authority to back off. And that's the authority that we have in Christ, is to tell the devil to back off. Just because you are afraid to push back, even though we have the authority to push back, just because you are afraid to push back, don't go back to, to what almost broke. Don't go back to that toxic relationship. You may feel alone, you may feel like you're afraid to move forward. You may be afraid to push back against the devil because you you may feel like you're not worth it. You feel like maybe you deserve um, whatever is coming your way because of the life that you used to live. Please don't have that mindset. If you do have that mindset, there's nothing wrong with overcoming that mindset in Jesus Christ. But just know that because Jesus Christ for our sins that he paid for our way, we are worth it in the duty of Christ. Do not go back to what broke you because you are afraid. And that falls into uh, my first key point, which is it may be familiar, but it does not mean that it's good. So when you're trying to break free and you're trying to go forward, and you are afraid to move forward, but you're also afraid to push back against the devil, you may want to go back into that life that was familiar. It, it doesn't matter. It, it could be drugs, alcohol, um, alcohol in excess. It could be sex. It could be a toxic relationship. It could be any any path that could be familiar or that was familiar that you know that God has pulled you from. You may be afraid to, to step out into the unfamiliar, but that you know God has told you to do it. You may want to push back because it's familiar, but just because it's familiar doesn't mean that it's good. And just because it's good doesn't mean that it's God. So just know those uh, few key points. Also, push forward into to greater. Because honestly, you're worth it. And you deserve better. And to Jesus Christ. You may not feel like you deserve better, but you do. And it doesn't matter how you feel, it's what you want. 
It doesn't matter how you feel. It's what Jesus Christ is saying to you and saying about you. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're not worth it. It doesn't. It doesn't even matter how other people feel. Some there are some people out there who may look at Beyonce, they may look at Bill Gates, and they may look at um, some of these. They may even look at Oprah, and they may be thinking they don't deserve to be billionaires and millionaires. They don't deserve, you know, all this money. And some of you know some other people are just poor, and you know why don't they? Get, you know they do this with their money and do whatever. You don't know the call that people, that, that God has on people's lives. You know what I'm saying? And people, there, there are going to be people out there who, who are going to look at your life and think that you don't deserve to have what you deserve to have. And if you listen to the haters, if you listen to the naysayers, and if you listen to your doubts and your fears, you are going to believe and you are going to start acting out what you believe. You are going to start to believe that you don't deserve happiness. You are going to start to believe that you don't deserve uh, to be uh, financially blessed. You're going to believe that you don't deserve uh, a great spouse. You're going to um, start to believe and expect that you don't deserve to have children. If you start to take back, uh, if you start to take in like what the enemy was trying to say to you, if you start to believe uh, who the devil's working through, you're going to start picking up seeds of doubt. And you're going to start picking up seeds of unbelief. And if you're believing the devil, you're not believing God. And if you're believing God, you're not believing the devil. You can't serve God in heaven. Okay, you can't serve God in riches. You can't serve God in the devil. So again, if you're believing God, you're automatically going to go against the devil. And if you're believing the devil, you're going to automatically go against God. So choose to say who you will believe. And know that you deserve better because of Jesus Christ. And it's because Jesus Christ paid the price that you and I deserve better. So when you're pushing back against the enemy, when, you, when you're walking in your authority, when you're putting the man on Satan, when you're telling Satan to back off, when you're breaking generational curses, when you are speaking God's word over your life, you are pushing back against the devil and you are believing God for a better life. And if you are doing that, man, big up to you because there are going to be some of us who are going to be trying to walk towards the mark of the high calling. When you think of the word push, what do you what do you think of? When I'm talking about pushing back against Satan, some people may think, you know, of a lady pushing out a baby or babies, or you may be thinking pushing in general. But like I said before earlier in my podcast, pushing means. When you're trying to push something, right? Like I said, you're pushing a car, you're pushing the baby out, you know, on your room. You're pushing the baby in a direction that it's it's your body is designed. When you're pushing a shopping cart into, you know, a, a supermarket, or you're pushing a cart outside of a supermarket, you're pushing something in the direction that you need it to go. Why? Because that's the direction that you're going. You're pushing the baby out. Why? Because that's how. Your body is designed to, to deliver babies. It's, it's set up that way. It's designed that way. So when you push, you push with a purpose, right? I'm going to say that again. Ooh, I feel bad on that. When you push, you push with a purpose. When you push, you push with direction. And when you push, you already know the direction that you're going to go. So when I say push back against the enemy, you have authority to push back against the enemy. When I say push back against the enemy, 
it means that you already know the direction you want Satan to go. You want him to go away from you. So that way you can draw nearer to God. And the more you draw nearer to God, the devil is going to have to back off. Because the further you are with Christ, not, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be attacked. But there are times when God is going to cover us in his fortress. And he's going to cover us, you know, in his wings. And it's, it's nothing wrong with pushing back against Satan and using your authority and using your God-given authority to, to tell the devil, put the man on Satan and say, back off. You're not going to have me, you're not going to have my household, you're not going to have my family, you're not going to have my finances, you're not going to have my dreams, my goals, you're not going to have my workplace, you're not going to have my coworkers. And as a, as a child of God, the the more mature you become in Christ, you're going to stop praying for a whole lot of people, right? You're going to stop praying for your coworkers, you're going to stop play, uh, praying for your workers. You know, if you're a CEO, you're going to start praying more for your family. Your prayers are going to be pushed in a certain direction. That's, that's geared towards God and that's geared towards his kingdom. So when I say push, push means pushing in the direction. Push means that you have a goal in mind. When you push, you know the direction that you want to go. You're trying to, to bring about the desired outcome, right? Because you're pushing. And that's when you're pushing for no reason. You're pushing with a purpose. So push with a purpose, push with direction, and push with authority. Now, in life, I know that we will experience many, many, many pressures in life. I can tell you that from my own experience. But just to give you a keynote, you will experience many pressures in your life. And a lot of pressures come from, it could be from your work. It could be that you have a lot of task work. It could be because you're a perfectionist and everything that you do, you want to be perfect at, which is not possible, but it does help in certain uh, instances. Um, you could be in school and you finishing up a, a writing paper, maybe a 30-page paper. And if you've ever been in college, even for one semester, you know all the papers that are due, the exams that um, have to be taken, all the reading that has to be done. There's so many questions in life, you know. You could be at a job and you could have recently got promoted. And you just have so much pressure of fulfilling your, your, your new role, your, your new promotion. You want to, you know, make a, a good impression on the boss. There's so many, so many, so many, so many pressures in life. And sometimes you have to wear so many hats. There's even pressure to be like the perfect spouse, the perfect husband, the perfect wife. And, and there's no such thing as perfect anything. The only person who was perfect that walked this earth was Jesus Christ. That is it. That is the only one. He got that crown. He had it. The women tell you, trying to be perfect is not all that kind of to me. You will be walking on pins and needles and... Your anxiety will be through the if you sit up there trying to perfect everything because there is no such thing as perfect. But we will experience a lot of pressure in your life. But the two main pressures that I want to talk about, which occurs in the spiritual realm, is one from God and one from Satan. So the first thing that I want to hit on when it comes to pressure that I know as a child of God that we're going to feel, okay, is the pressure that comes from, from God when he has a specific task that he wants us to do and complete in a specific amount of time, right? Because I do honestly believe and know that the things of God, sometimes they happen in circles, right? They come in full circles. Everything, if you, if you think about the earth, the earth rotates in a circle, right? If you think about the sun, the sun sets and, and, and rises at a certain time, at God appointed time. 
in the moment. It's the same thing as sensing the boundaries at a, a point in time that God spoke. Everything, and if you look at the trees, right? If you look at the four seasons. Trees, what they they grow leaves, and then during the spring and summer, and then uh, in the fall and winter time, the some trees that God designs, uh, the leaves fall off. So you know it's it's fall, you know it's winter, and then when spring comes and when summertime comes, the tree the trees and the flowers bloom, right? With animals, if you look at animals, animals what they they produce, they mate, they make children, the elders die, and the young ones grow up, and it, the the whole cycle repeats itself. So if you are Thinking about the things that God has spoken, and then the things that God has called to be, to be alive, and, and the things that God speaks. You notice that God speaks things in cycles, right? God has cycles. Everything that He speaks happens in cycles. So, just pay attention to God when things rotate, right? So, some of the things that we experience from God, pressurized-wise, is that when God has a specific task for us to complete, we may feel pressure from God from the Holy Spirit. Not that we can't do it, but we we can sense the urgency that the Holy Spirit is trying to uh, trying to how can I say it trying to convey to us that God has a specific task for us to complete in a certain amount of time. You know, God may put pressure on you to write a book. God may put pressure on you to uh, be in a movie because He wants it to be produced at a certain time because He's trying to get His message out to His people. So you may feel that type of pressure from God, but you also may feel um, in the midst of his pressure is also his grace and his anointing to, to complete that task. So although you feel like you have to get this done, you have a passion to get this done, and you, you have a drive to success, you also feel the pressure that you, have, you will have the anointing and the grace to finish it, right? That's one of the pressures that we can feel in life, and this is a real type of pressure. And sometimes, well not sometimes, all the time, when God gives us a task to complete, it will be followed by peace, by peace of the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit confirming what God has already revealed to the Holy Spirit to reveal to you in order to get the task done at hand. Because God has a job for every one of His children. Every one of us, we have a job. We have a we have things to do. We have cycles to follow. We have um, things to be responsible for. So we all are along this journey together getting things done in the point of time that pressure that you feel with God um, speaking his word out for his children to get things done in the point of time and in the point of season okay the second pressure that you're going to feel in life as a Christian okay is pressure from Satan say everything that Satan does is always the opposite of God just know that if you ever if you ever need wisdom and you ever need guidance just know that everything that God does the Satan is the opposite the second spiritual pressure that can feel is from Satan. Satan only really has a few tactics. Satan is either going to pressure us to uh, grab the fruit of temptation, or he's going to try to pressure us to force us to quit. Okay, that's one of the things you can feel, feel in this life. Okay, as being a child of God is when we're going when we're going forth in God's will. Right when we are walking along life, when we are trying to walk out our, our, our Christian walk, when we are trying to walk in righteousness, when we are trying to to fulfill God's purpose in life, okay, you you might feel the urge to quit, okay? Because let me tell you something, 
The devil got his plan, the devil got his demons, the devil got his legions, and the devil's gonna work through people to try to to send his weapons toward us so we can quit. There are gonna be so many arrows that the, the devil's gonna try to shoot our way to get us to become distracted, to, to try to get us to quit, to try to get us to make a detour so that we that way we can mess up God's plan for our lives. But Jesus said, be wise as a serpent and harmless as a, as a dove. What does this mean? This means that if we can become wise as a serpent, that means that every tactic of the enemy really isn't all that bright. If you think about it, if you think about the things that the devil has done, some of the tactics that the devil has used on people, you can even look at all that Jesus would do in, in, in the, the garden, not the garden of Gethsemane, but if you look at the when Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, right? It said that Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. This is one type of pressure, like I was telling you, the pressure from God to fulfill a specific task in an appointed time and an appointed season. Jesus felt the pressure of the Holy Spirit to fall into the wilderness. Now, once God dropped Jesus off into the wilderness, there here comes Satan. Satan tried to tempt Jesus with the pride of life. He tried to uh, tempt uh, Jesus with uh, ego and pride and, and lust, lust of the eyes. Satan tried all these tactics and it didn't work. What God is saying, what he is saying, um, be wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. There's only a few tactics that the devil got up his sleeve and he ain't got no more. Okay? He ain't got no more. It ain't gonna be no new ones. It's just gonna be old ones. And he gonna keep recycling these old tactics and, and, and ignorant moves that ignorant moves that he's been passing along for centuries. That and he yeah. So if you ever think that that the devil's gonna have new tricks, he's not. No, he ain't got no new tricks. He just got all old ones. So being one of the serpent and homeless and dove is is, is a how can I say it. It's, it's one of those prominent things that in, in our walk with Jesus. It's a, it's a prominent uh, key point that Jesus wants us to know is that if you really watch the enemy closely, you can kind of dodge his tactics, right? Sometimes it, it'll take some, some trials and some errors and some falling down and getting up to realize that the next time that those send a, a dart your way for temptation, just duck. Just stuck in a scripture. I'm like, nope, this ain't gonna work. I tried that last season, messed up, and I know what to do. And this is why we go through trials, and this is why we fall down and we get up. So when we fall, when we get back up, we'll get back up with knowledge and wisdom to say, you know what? Now I know what to look out for, okay? Because I don't took this test, I didn't pass. But the next time it comes my way, I'm gonna be more quick, more wise in, in how I go about my life because you. You learn a lot from your mistakes. You know, we learn a lot from the things that make us stumble and some of the things that we stumble into because of our own ignorance. God is saying also in His Word, and then I believe that we will take in the season is from Philippians 3 14. Okay? And I'm going to read from the King James Version Philippians 3, verse 14. And Paul is saying, actually, I'm going to back up. So what Paul is saying here in Philippians uh, verse 3, verses 13 and 14, 13. Paul says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, 
the eating those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. This is the prominent scripture that I think that uh, Paul was uh, trying to teach his disciples. Before I get into uh, what Paul was trying to teach his disciples and what these uh, what these two verses mean, um, I'm going to back up and talk about what some of the things and how uh, Satan can try to work through people and try to work through people. Okay? Um, who does the enemy work through? He works through people. He works through people. He works with people and he works in situations and he works through circumstances. That is really his own tactic. Um, you may hear co-workers uh, making smart remarks. You may be in Starbucks and you may hear people laughing or, or um, making jokes or things like that. Uh, you may hear people gossip. You may be walking by and hear uh, you know, a person say something. Um, you may see people trying to make fun of your progress. You know, the devil only can work with people or work with circumstances. That's that's his only his only avenues really. What Paul is also saying um, between Philippians chapter 3 and Philippians chapter 4, um, Paul is saying in chapter 4, he is saying rejoice in the Lord, and rejoice in the Lord always. And even in chapter 3, um, verse 1, um, Paul is saying rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. And then in uh, chapter uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4, Paul told them to rejoice in the Lord again. Now, what Paul was trying to say to his disciples uh, in these chapters in the book of Philippians is Paul was experiencing many uh, setbacks. And by the time that he was in uh, Philippi, he had experienced so many setbacks that it wasn't really funny. Um, Paul experienced these things because God called him to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to feed his people. Paul knew what he was uh, talking about when he was talking to his disciples and based on his experiences and his walk with Christ, Paul told them to rejoice again. He said, again, I say rejoice. Why did Paul have to repeat this? If you look in the New Testament, even in the Old Testament, when God repeats something, and then when you see in the New Testament, Jesus repeating something, and then you see uh, Jesus' disciples repeating something, it's because they want to get you, they want you to get it. If you think about when you were in high school, when you were in junior high school, even in college, in the universities, right? Sometimes teachers will harp on 
a certain topic or like a certain uh, subject, if they knew it was going to be on the exam, um, I remember experiencing uh, high school. You know, sometimes our Spanish teacher or our English teacher would harp on certain things and they would say, stop, stop, you know, this might be on a test. <laughs> so it's because they wanted us to get it, because they wanted us to pass to, to pass the exams that we were going to have a future. And this is what uh, Jesus did, and this is what Paul did to his disciples, and this is what God would do in the Old Testament. And then he said things like, very, very, I say unto you. These are the things that they want us to get. So what was Paul trying to get his disciples to get? He wanted them to rejoice because Paul was experiencing from the child and in tribulation that he knew that his disciples, uh, that, that Jesus called him to, uh, to minister to and to raise up, to, to be more disciples. Um, he knew that they were going to do trials just like he did. But one thing I love about Paul is, is that, and what I love about Jesus is, is that when they taught us, and even if they taught us through parables and through their own experiences, they taught us so that way we can learn and that way we can become smarter and that we can have more wisdom. So that way when these trials come our way, we can remember, oh, I remember when Brother so-and-so told us what he did in the situation or what sister said and so-and-so and what she went through. So that way I might not suffer the same thing. Not, it doesn't mean that we are not to suffer. In life, it's just that God is hoping that we would take these nuggets in life and take these and take these jewels in life and, and, and keep them in our hearts and in our minds so that way when we have these tests, like our teachers will try to uh, harp on them, when we have these tests, that way we can pass successfully so that way we don't have to fail and keep doing these tests over and over and over. Because one thing as a, a Christian and as a child of God that I can tell you even from my own experience, is that if you don't pass one test, God is going to have you keep taking that same test over and over and over. It's going to be the same test, but different people. You know, it's going to be the same test, but uh, a different scenario, a different scene. And you're going to keep going through these, these mountains and around and around and around these mountains until you successful, successfully pass. Because there's certain levels in life that we need to be at. And in order to get from one level to the next level, you have to pass the last level that you are on. If you don't pass it, you don't stay stuck there. And if you want to remain a baby Christian, that's fine. But if you want to excel and exceed and move forward to to what God has for you, and if you want to excel and move forward into who God has called you to be, and if you want to walk into and walk in the, the God-given authority to push back against Satan, you're going to have to move forward and you're going to have to keep passing these levels. You're going to have to keep passing uh, these tests. That's the only way you're going to be able to move forward. Um, and like again, I said, Paul knew uh, that they were going to go through stuff. And Paul knew that including himself would continually need to recharge themselves. And they would continually, uh, continually need to uh, rejoice in the Lord because back then, you know, you don't, ex well, you don't really experience this in the U.S., but in certain Middle Eastern countries, you know, being a Christian openly is hard. You know, you can get uh, persecuted, you can get beheaded. You know, just like back in the days, um, they would get beheaded as Christians. They would get beheaded and, and killed and, and stoned for uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, for preaching that um, there's another way to heaven, you know. And there were so many people in the Old Testament that were stuck. No, sorry, there were so many people in the New Testament even after Jesus Christ, that was so stuck in the old ways of the Old Testament of Moses' laws, 
that when people preach Jesus Christ, they stone them to death. You know, they, they still didn't believe. So this is why Paul kept saying, keep rejoicing in the Lord. Uh, keep recharging your faith. Keep keeping the faith. Keep not quitting. And this is why uh, Paul also said in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because Paul knew and experienced that with Jesus Christ, he needed strength. He needed to overcome. He needed to, to move forward into the will of God because that was the only way that he would succeed. And keep telling people to rejoice in the Lord and, and keep um, the hope alive and to, and to keep having faith that who God calls you to be, you will be, and you will fulfill, and what God told you to do, you will do it. Because a dream deferred makes a heart sick. So when you give up on your faith, and when you give up on your hope, when you give up on the things that God once told you, told you, and the things that you believe that God showed you in the vision years and years and years ago, when you give up on those things, you, you, you lose hope. And when you lose hope, you you, you lose that zeal for life. You lose the the, the thrive and, and the drive to want to live and to be better and to be happy. And when you lose hope that you don't have a future, you kind of become depressed and you become sad and, and you just let life pass you by and you let things run you over. And, and this is what Paul was trying to say to his disciples and the people who were following him and the people who were called to minister the gospel is just that the gospel of Jesus Christ is that we are going to experience setbacks. We are going to experience uh, the attacks of the devil. You're going to have to push back against Satan because the the price that Jesus paid for us to have the great call in our lives, we're going to have to push back against Satan. And we have that authority to push back. But sometimes exercising our authority can be a little rough in the beginning. But once you start becoming more confident in Jesus Christ, once you start to to win a little bit more battles, you will become more confident in your walk with Christ. You will become more confident in your authority and you won't doubt your authority and you will begin to push back against the devil more and more. Now, what does pushing back against the devil look like? What does it mean? You know, um, I think Paul, what Paul was also saying in uh, verse 6 in, uh, in chapter 3, going back and forth between chapter 3 and chapter 4, was that um, I believe Paul was saying in verse 6, along with praying and making our request known to God, is to put thanksgiving and praise and thankfulness on our prayers. So if we go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Right? So Paul was saying, put thanksgiving and praise and being grateful on your prayer. Meaning, put faith behind your prayer. Because you can pray for something and not have faith. But if you if you pray for something and you have faith, put put praise on it. Put put gratefulness on it. Put uh put uh how would I say it? Like uh, Tasha Cobb said, put a praise on it. Um, put faith behind your prayer. Having uh, thankfulness, having being grateful, being thankful, um, praising God's holy name. That's one of the weapons that we can use against the enemy to push back. You know, you don't pushing back against the enemy doesn't always look the same. You can be thankful, you can be prayerful, you can sing praises. 
uh, this is one of the weapons that we can use to push back against the enemy because what does the enemy tempt us to do? Complain, right? And the opposite of complaining is praising. So when we use our weapon of praise, when we use our weapon of being thankful, when we use our weapon of being grateful, when we sit down and reflect purposely on all the good things that God has done for us, we're, we're telling the devil, you can't win, you can't have me. I'm going to trust God, I'm going to have faith, I'm going to walk in my purpose, I'm going to move forward in life. And, and this is some of the things that you're going to need to do if you want to walk out this life all successfully. And you're going to have to sometimes put a praise behind your prayer. You're going to have to put thankfulness behind you know, your prayer. You're going to have to put gratefulness behind your prayer. When you're, when you're asking God to fulfill your needs and, and to provide, you're going to have to thank Him for not what you, not what you don't have, but what you do have. You, know, you may not have a million dollars, but you may have a hundred dollars. You know, be thankful for that. Be grateful. Sing praises. Thank God in advance for the things that He's providing, just like how He's providing for you now. He's also going to provide for you in the future. So we do the opposite of what the enemy expects us. When the enemy expects us to complain, we sing praises. Um, and you may be thinking, but what does this have to do with pushing back? Prayer with thanksgiving and praise is, is one of the weapons, like I said, that we use. And it's a, it's a good tactic. You may be thinking, oh, I always still don't know how this how this relates to it. Um, pushing back against the enemy doesn't always have to seem like you're being angry. You don't have to be an angry Christian. You could be a happy, thankful, prayerful Christian. It doesn't it doesn't you don't have to be a mean Christian. That's not what it's saying to be. Um, fighting against the enemy can can look like being still, you know, when you could worry, when you could allow anxiety to to uh, run rampant in your mind. You feel like you're up three o'clock in the morning worrying, you can be sleeping, you can be still, you can be trusting God. Um, and you may be thinking, uh, man, I don't know how to do this. As we continually walk with Christ, we are going to learn how to use these weapons. We are going to learn how to push back against the enemy. We are, we are going to learn how to walk forward in our walk with Christ. And when we grow stronger in Christ, we're going to learn how to put down the, the seed of complaining. We're going to learn how to pick up the weapon of praise, right? And we're going to learn how to put down our fleshly ways, and then we're going to learn how to pick up the weapons of, of God and of Jesus Christ. And this is the thing that we're going to continually learn as Christians, I honestly believe, um, as we walk with Christ. Uh, now, all this also leads back into Paul uh, saying down in verse uh, 14, chapter 4, which I'll read again. I'm sorry, not chapter 4, chapter 3, verse 14. Paul says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, I press toward the mark, right? When we think of a mark, we think of something that we can see. We think of an end goal, right? If I saw a mark, right, and I was running toward it, I'm thinking, okay, once I get to this mark, I'm done, right? I'm done, I'm completed, 
I can move on to the next thing. This is what Paul um, is telling us. There's, there's a goal, right? And not only is there a goal on earth, what Paul was also saying, what I honestly think that God revealed to him to say in this, in this uh, verse, was that Paul wasn't also talking about him finishing up his, his call that he had on his life here on earth. I think that Paul was also giving revelation about heaven. I think the the prize and the mark of the high calling, honestly, is, is our angel, which is our eternal life with God in heaven. And this is what I, I think that Paul was also saying. He wasn't also referring to earth. He was also referring to the prize, which is in heaven. But like Paul was also going through so many trials, so many tribulations that Paul knew that at some point that they were going to kill him. And he said in uh, his previous uh, verses that he knew how to be a down and then he knew how to be a base. And Paul went through so many childhood tribulations that he said whether he lives and dies in God's will and whether they harm his body, it didn't matter. Paul said that he knew how to be content in all things, right? Paul was saying, look, I'm on this earth, I'm going to childhood tribulations, you're going to go through the same things that I have gone through, if not more, because you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul was saying, look, I want you to be prepared as much as possible, because Paul also knew that he wasn't going to be with his disciples forever, right? But unlike Paul, we have Jesus Christ who lives with us forever. So when we leave this earth, we are going to be transferred up into heaven to be with our Father, which is for eternity. So that's the plus side, right? So now, let's continue on. And one of the other things that I like that Paul was uh, saying to his disciples, and I believe what Paul was trying to teach us, um, not only you know do I think that Paul was talking about heaven and then talking about part of earth, and he talked about the prize and, and going towards the mark. When Paul says in uh, Philippians four fourteen, um, sorry, when when Paul is talking about what he's saying in Philippians. Uh, 3.14, where it says that uh, I press towards the mark for the pride of the heart, high calling of God in Jesus Christ. What Paul was also saying was is that he, uh, in the verse before, was that he was forgetting all the things that lie behind, that he was focusing on what God had called him to in the future. So even though he was saying this in the present, Paul was saying that he would have to continually strive towards uh, excellence in Jesus Christ. Not perfection, but excellence. Paul was uh, striving for excellence in reaching toward the mark, which was not only on earth, but mainly in heaven, because he knew that once he left this earth, that he would uh, be reunited with Jesus Christ and with God in heaven. Um, one of the things, and one of the things that I love about Paul is that he was also always so honest. He was so transparent and he really was very honest about his past. And in Philippians uh, chapters 3 and 4, um, if you've ever read it or if you've ever read it in the future, basically in a nutshell, Paul was telling the disciples and the people you know, who would listen to him minister the gospel of Jesus Christ was that Paul was also always open and transparent about his past. Paul always. Uh, told the story of how 
he used to crucify Christians, he used to uh, persecute Christians and kill Christians who believed in Jesus Christ, and he was the one who judged to say whether someone would be stoned or not. Um, and he tells the story about how he saw, when he was on, on his way to Damascus, that how he saw um, Jesus in vision. And Jesus said, Paul, Paul, why have you persecuted me? And Paul was like, what do you mean? You know, why did I persecute you? Jesus was like, if you hurt any of my children, you're hurting me. And basically, on that day, on his way to Damascus, when he, uh, when Jesus Christ met him where he was, he pretty much tells his disciples and people who he ministers to, or he who he ministered to, that that was his story. You know, all of us have a story. All of us have a testimony. All of us have a past. You know, some people's past, uh, past may have been drug addiction. Some may have been prostitution. Um, some of them may have been money laundering. Some of them, you know, it may have been dealing drugs or selling drugs. You know, everybody, every each and every one of us have has a past. We all have a testimony. We all have things that God has brought us from and brought us to to a greater path in Jesus Christ. That we all have a testimony. This is what Paul was was, was doing. Paul would always give his testimony, and Paul said that. He left all that behind. He left the murder, the, the hate for other Christians. He had left it all behind. When Paul truly encountered Jesus and when Jesus transformed Paul's life, Paul is saying that he went from being the one who killed people to now being the one that saved souls. You know, Paul was giving his testimony. This is what I love about um, these few uh, chapters is that how Paul would always give his testimony. And in my title in this podcast called Pushing Back, when, when I talk about pushing back and going in a, a set direction and having authority to push back against Satan and using the authority, you know, that Jesus Christ died for us to have and then pushing in a direction that God wants us to go and being purposeful in our push. What I'm talking about is that also pushing back, not only toward, uh, not only pushing back against Satan, but pushing back against our own past because there are times when those old seeds of doubt will pop up. You know, you may see a person who you used to date uh, years ago come back up and they may try to hit you up on, you know, nowadays we have so many avenues of social media and cell phones and, and you may run, in, run into your exit to a store and they may still look at you and see the same person uh, who they used to date in the past but not knowing that Christ has changed you on the inside. Um, what I also mean when I say push back is this, you're going to push back your doubts, your fears, the push back the old people who may try to come in your life. And even if they say that their lives have changed, you know, if you haven't gotten a confirmation from God, don't let any and everybody back into your life because just how you left them, sometimes they need to stay in the past and some of them don't need to come forth with you into your future because you cannot take everybody with you where you're going to go because it's not meant for them to go. It doesn't mean that they're all bad. It doesn't mean that they're all good. It doesn't mean that they're all toxic. It just means that the purpose in the world that God has for you, you cannot afford to take people, whether they're good or bad. And as I'm speaking this, God is bringing to my remembrance of Abraham and Lot. It wasn't that Lot was a bad person. It wasn't. It didn't mean that Lot, you know, was not, um, that Lot didn't believe. It's just that God told Abraham to, to leave his family behind because of where he where he had him go, they cannot come. And until Abraham got rid of Lot, God was not able to open up 
his blessing that he had for Abraham because it wasn't meant for Lot to partake in his blessing. It wasn't meant because God did not call him to that future. It didn't mean that Lot wasn't called. It just meant that Lot wasn't called to what Abraham was called to. So when, when I'm talking about pushing back and pushing in the direction that God has for you, it doesn't always mean that you're pushing back a person who's toxic. It could be a person that is of God, and it could be another child of God. It's just, it just means that they are not meant to go where you're going. So when I say push back, I mean push back anything that is not out of God, whether it's sin or whether it's not just in God's purpose, right? So when Paul gave his testimony, he also um, said what God brought him from and then who God called him to be and then what God brought him from and then what God brought him to. So when you're pushing back, sometimes we're not always pushing back against our past. Sometimes we're pushing back and pushing forward into our future because Jesus Christ paid a price for our future to be good for us to, to do better because we deserve better and to push forward and what to do and to be good because in the view Jesus Christ, like Paul said in, in Philippians uh, the chapter 4, verse 13, he said that I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. And this is the word that we have for ourselves today. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, the things that are in the will of God. So anything that's in the will of God, we have the grace to do. But we have to push back against the enemy and push back into Jesus Christ because that is the only way that we can fulfill what God has for us. So when we push against the enemy, what we're saying is that, and I'm going to repeat this, when we're pushing against the enemy, what we are saying and what we are declaring and what we are declaring into the atmosphere and the things of God that we are speaking when we say we're pushing against the enemy, what we are saying is that we're saying, I know I used to be in strip clubs, but that ain't me no more. I know I used to do drugs, but I am not a drug addict anymore. I know I keep slipping back into my old habits, but I am not my downfall. I, I fall seven times, but I give up. I know I used to sleep around and I used to be a prostitute, I used to be promiscuous, but that ain't me anymore. I know I used to beat women and I know I used to, to abuse people, but that's not me anymore. I know I used to steal and to steal money, but that's not me anymore. In fact, what we're also saying when we push back against the enemy and when we walk in our God we authority. It, we're saying that we must never those things that we used to do because it's ne it, it was never about what we did. It was about who we are in Christ. So I'm here to tell you today that you can push back in this family. You can push into to Jesus Christ again. You can recover. You can repent. Tell the enemy that he thought he had you. But God said, nope, this is my child. God said in his word that none of his children shall be lost. All who God has called will be called and will be called into greater purpose. So push forward into the high calling that God has in your life. Push back against the enemy. Tell the enemy that he, he doesn't have a hold on your life. Tell the enemy that he can't win. He never was going to win. Tell the enemy, yes, you fell down seven times, but you got back up eight. Tell them and tell the naysayers and the people who gossip about you and the people who got smart remarks to say when you walk by. 
and the people who who write bad things about you in the blogs and, and newspapers. Tell them I used to steal, but I don't steal no more. Tell them I used to prostitute and sleep around, but I don't sleep around no more. Tell them I used to beat women and, and uh, do X, Y, and Z, but I don't do that anymore. That don't mean no more. No matter what your past was, just like Paul, he used to kill Christians and persecute Christians, and, and he used to be the one that, if he gave a judgment, that's what they would carry out. If he said they would die by being stoned, that's what happened. If they would die by getting beheaded, that's what happened. Paul said that he used to be those things. But because of Jesus Christ, he is not who he used to be. And this is what we are declaring today over our lives and over our children's lives. And in those who are meant to be in our circle, this is what we are declaring over one another. Is that we are not our past. We was never our past. It was never about what we did. It, it was always about who God called us to be in Christ. This is why we are still here today. Because every time God looks down on earth and he sees us, he sees his son Jesus Christ. This is why we are not perished. This is why we have not been been doomed and damned. Because when God looks at us, he sees his uh, son Jesus Christ. He sees Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He sees Jesus as righteousness. We have given up our flesh. We have given up our ashes for God's beauty. This is the beautiful thing about, about Jesus Christ is that our life that we have in him. It was never about what we did. It's never about what we're going to do. It's about who we are in Christ. We are not our sin. We are not our past. We are not the gossip. We are not the, the things that people write about us. We are not the things that people say about us. We are not our haters. We are not failures. We are not people who can't accomplish nothing. But we are everything who God told us to do. We are who we are supposed to be in Jesus Christ. And I hope that people can take from this podcast today is that you are never about what you did or you are never going to be living up to your standard and what your past used to be. But you are going to be everything who God told you that you are to be. And it was never about you living in sin. It was about God calling you to a greater purpose. And some people may say, oh, but you used to do X, Y, and Z. So they used to do the same thing. Actually, maybe they still live in the same sin. Maybe that's why they don't want to let go of your past because they can't let go of theirs. So don't pick up the seeds of doubt, don't pick up the seeds of hate, don't pick up the seeds of what the enemy is trying to throw you away. Don't don't pick up the haters and what the, the naysayers say, but pick up what God has to say about us. Pick up the righteousness of Jesus Christ and then put down the seeds of doubt and then put down what the haters say. Put down put down even your doubts. Sometimes you have to lay that stuff on the altar of Jesus' feet. Because the only way you're gonna be able to move forward is if you put one thing down and you put pick one thing up that's good. You have to put down the bad and pick up the good. Put down the bad and pick up the good. So it is my prayer that you have been blessed by this podcast and that you got everything out of it that God intended to for, for you to have. And I'm going to close out in prayer um, before, um, but before I pray, I'm going to give my key points that I spoke of before. That way, if you didn't catch it, before I go into prayer. Okay, so my first, uh, my, my three key points that I want you to, that I want you to have taken away from this podcast is this one. It may be familiar, but the, it does not mean that it's good. The second key point, push into greater because you are worth it and you are better because you are The third point is that you were built for who God called you to be. 
so that I can have a sleep before I'm going to close out in prayer. Father God, I pray that everyone who is listening to this podcast, that they have heard your word, and that they have put aside all things that they need to put aside. Father, I pray I pray over the minds, I pray over the hearts, any words that have been spoken against them that have broken them, Father. Any words that have been spoken over them, Father, to Anything that has been said to Father over them to stop them in their tracks from moving forward until your purpose that you have for them. Father, I'm praying for anyone who has listened to this podcast and who is going to listen to this podcast, Father, that you are going to with your Holy Spirit, Father, and that you put seeds of wisdom inside of them and joy and peace and love and meekness. Father, whoever is meant to hear this podcast, Father, in the name of Jesus. That you give them a word that they need, Father, do something. And that not only do you give them a word, Father, do something, that they are open to your words and to your word. And that when you give them your word, Father, that you have for them, Father, may they hold on to this word and hold on and cling on to you. And no matter who is against them, no matter what storm may come, what winds may blow, Father, that they stand tall and planted like a tree on a river. Father, may you word that Father, in the name of Jesus. And that you calm their fears and help them put down their doubts, Father. And you help them to walk out of situations that, Father, you have not called them into the first place. Some people are in toxic relationships that are getting beat, bruised, or hurt. Some people are even contemplating suicide because of a situation that they feel that is too much for them, Father. I pray, Father, that you give them the strength and the grace to get out of whatever it is that you have not called them into. Give them the grace and the wisdom to walk out of what you have called them into. And Father, may they walk into your word and walk into your will and walk into your purpose. Father, may you carry them to where it is that you need them to be. And that they seek the help that they need, whether it's in Jesus Christ alone or whether it's with Jesus Christ and a therapist. There's nothing wrong with seeking therapy and Jesus Christ. Both of those go hand in hand. Father, I pray that all who are looking to this podcast, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you give them a word, Father, in Jesus, and that they can walk out that word. And you heal them in all the places that they are broken. You give them the patience to walk out that faith walk, because this thing is a lifetime, it's a life journey. And not just one season, but it's all the seasons in our lives. Up until the day that you call us out to Jesus Christ. Father, I pray. Jesus Christ name, that this is a blessing to all those who are going to bless, Father, and that you fill their minds with peace and not anxiety, and you fill their hearts with love and not hate. I pray all these things in 